0: Reality Check by David Pollard. She really laid into me, she did. Women, eh? (laughs) What can you do? It started about the hall. She's been on about painting the hall for how long? Well, God knows. I'd switched off long ago. Well, you do, don't you? I focused on the wrong things. I should pay more attention to the house. Keep our home in good condition. Oh, then she got onto the sitting room. Seems the sofa is shagged out. Seems I've been sitting on it too much. All you're good for. Lounging about and watching crap on the telly. Those were her exact words. Then next door. They got a new telly. And their garden. Harry, that's him next door. He's always out there pruning, tidying, digging, mowing. Now that's what I call obsessed. Still, she, the wife, she does have a point. Their garden's a picture. And when the sun comes out, you know the one or two days between the rain and the snow and the high winds. They're out there. Wine on the terrace, barbie all fired up. Comfortable. That's what it is, comfortable. I suppose I could take that stuff down a tip. Worn out tyres don't really add to the elegance of the place. I'd need a bit of a hand with that diesel engine though. Maybe Tom, the brother-in-law, would do me a turn, buy him a couple of pints. I like having a drink with Tom, good bloke. Lucky to have a brother-in-law like Tom, real laugh he is. Knows a bit about stuff too, he does. It all came to a head Christmas Eve. The bin men came round. Now, who would have thought it? And I'd forgot to put out the rubbish. Well, when they showed up, I was here in bed. Couldn't chase after them in me pants and vest now, could I? I tried to explain that there wasn't much rubbish anyway. It'd keep until next week after Christmas-like. She went on about rats, other vermin. She started on about how I didn't give a shit, didn't pay attention to stuff that needed doing. She called me idle, shiftless. Few things I didn't even know she knew the word for. Then she started throwing things, hard things at her. Then she stormed out and started banging stuff in the kitchen. I didn't like that, not one bit. So I made myself scarce. Pubs weren't open yet, so I mooched about town for a bit. But it got really chilly. Well, brass monkeys to be strictly accurate. So I sat in the library with the dossers and layabouts just to get warm. Then they were open and I popped into the goat and compasses for, what, one or two? Nah, tell the truth, three or four. Nah, actually five pints. When I thought she might have calmed down and I was starting to feel the need to take on some solids, I I traipsed home. No one there. Nothing on the stove. Nothing on the table. I had a bit of cheese and some bread. Then I had a bit of a kip on the sofa. You know, the one that shagged out. When I came round, it was dark. There was still no one there. started me thinking. Where'd she got to? Visions of her under a bus or rush to A and E flitted across my mind. Dummy daft, I told myself. She's just gone round her mum's. Probably having a good moment of the old witch. Anyway, I was feeling hunger pangs again. That bit of bread and cheese hadn't really satisfied the inner man, if you know what I mean. But Rufie wasn't there to get the dinner, and the house was getting cold. Still, I'm not useless. I've been fen for myself. Don't need to rely on a woman to sort me out. I turned on the central heating, set the thermostat up a couple of notches, and expense, and dialed up the local pizza place. Well, by the time the pizza had arrived and I'd washed it down with a couple of cans from the fridge, it was getting on for 11. Still no sign of roofing. So I thought, give her the benefit of the doubt. Give her mum a ring. Say me sorries and maybe Tom would fetch her own. So that's what I did. The old witch answered. Did I know what time it was? Of course I did, I told her. But could I speak to Rufy? She ain't here. Ain't she with you? Of course not your silly old bag. That's why I'm phoning you. At least. That's what I wanted to say. But of course I had to get into a long-winded explanation of why I thought my wife might still be at her mother's at 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve. The upshot was, she wasn't there, and nor hung up. I listened to the dead phone for a minute or two and then hung up. For a moment or two an icy hand grasped my guts and squeezed. This wasn't like Ruthie. And where the elf could she have got to? Then the light went on. In my brain, I mean. The light in the living room was already on. Tracy. Had to be Tracy. She was out with her mate, probably went round to gripe about me, had a few too many and was dosed down on her mate's couch, or worse, probably gone out clubbing. Not much point in waiting up, and to tell you the truth, I was starting to feel a bit lonely. And It was like the darkness in the rest of the house was closing in on me. I've never liked being in an empty place on my own. So I dragged myself upstairs, making sure I turned the lights on ahead of me. Not fond of the dark. Silly. What could there be, eh? I dropped my clothes on the floor and climbed into the bed. It was cold between the sheets. I dragged the covers over my head and shivered. I missed a warmth for someone next to me. Well, not just someone else. Rufy. That's who I missed. Miss cuddling up to her, smelling her and feeling her warmth. After a lot of tossing and turning, I finally went to sleep. But it wasn't as if it was a refreshing sleep, and I kept having these dreams. I was chasing someone down a series of corridors, must have been Ruthie, but I never caught up with them, always turning the corner just as Ed turned the one in front. Christmas morning was dull and grey and still no Rufie. I got up about eleven, I suppose. Made some coffee, sat in the kitchen table to have a think. Rufie had never done anything like this before, stayed out without a word. She must be good and mad at me this time, but I couldn't figure out why. Oh, we'd had rows like this before. Well, not rows exactly. I don't like rows. It was mostly Rufy who did the shouting, and the throwing, come to think of it. I just kept stum. went down the pub or into the garage until things died down. Women, eh? Never figure them out, really. I had all sorts of daft thoughts. I was starting to panic a bit, and feel sorry for myself. Not much of a Christmas with no Rufy getting the dinner ready. Nice smells coming from the kitchen. Couple of jars to get in the mood. And I have got her present all wrapped up. And I bet she'd got me something nice. I wanted to make things up. But you can't do it on your own. Right. I said to myself. Get on the phone to Tracy. Get old of Ruthie, Get her back here. Pronto. All forgiven and forgotten. So that's what I did. But she wasn't there. According to Tracy, she never had been. So have a happy Christmas and goodbye. I had beans on toast for Christmas dinner. Just me sitting in the kitchen. Didn't really want anything. My guts was churning. Where the hell could she have got to? I don't have to tell you all the things that were rushing through my mind. But worst of all, I hadn't any idea what to do about it. Then the phone rang. It had to be her, didn't it? I grabbed up the receiver and almost shouted, Hello, hello. It was Nora, the mother-in-law, wanting to wish her Ruthie a happy Christmas. Not as if I wanted reminding that she wasn't at her mother's. Not that I needed reminding. I didn't have the slightest idea where she could be. Sorry, Nora. She's uh, she's still in bed. Spark out. Touch of the flu, I think. Don't want to disturb her. She's only just got off, I lied. Ah, bless, the old witch cooped down a phone. You look after her, and get her to give me a call when she's better. Don't expect we'll see you on Boxing Day, if she's still poorly. She rang off. Well, that was a relief. If she didn't turn up today, I'd already planted a story that would cover us not going over to the in-laws the next day, but she would, turn up, wouldn't she? She didn't. I had some more beans for dinner, cold, out of the can, had a couple of cans from the fridge and sat in front of the telly. Christmas telly, eh, load of rubbish, not that it mattered, I wasn't paying attention, I had my own picture show going on in my head. In the end, I thought the best place would be in bed. Turn the brain off. She'd put in an appearance next day. I couldn't go to sleep. Just tossed and turned, imagining wilder and more terrifying things that may have happened to Rufy. And worse, then I started imagining life without her. In the end, I dropped off. But when I woke up, it was still dark. And still beating in my brain was the thought that maybe she'd up and left me. But surely she'd go to her mum. That's where she'd go if she left me, wouldn't she? But she wasn't there. Well, that's what Nora had said. But it must be true, what Nora had said. After all, she wouldn't phone asking to talk to her if she was really there. round Nora's. Unless... I went round and round this until daylight came on. It was spinning and me inside sort of been on a roller coaster. But I knew how to settle this. I got up and checked the wardrobe. Do you know what clothes your wife's got? No, neither do I. Useless, that's what it was. I stared into the wardrobe and it looked as packed tight as ever it was. I couldn't tell if anything was missing. But the suitcases were still there, both of them. Still with the airline tags from the last time we'd been on holiday. Benny Dorm. Three years ago. So she couldn't have done a bunk. Unless, nah, I wasn't even going to go down that path. Well, she didn't show up on Boxing Day. I just sat around imagining the worst and trying to think what to do. Should I call the police? Obviously but then I had a little think about that. They'd want to know what had been going on, why she might have gone off. I'd have to mention the row, and thinking about it, it did seem, well, a bit trivial. They'd put it down to a domestic and forget about it, wouldn't they? Maybe they'd call round to her mum, just in case she was there all the time, but not letting on like... Nora would tell him about the little white lie I'd told her, about her being in bed with a flu. That might look suspicious. They might come back here, start digging up the back garden. Not a good idea then. Never really a good idea to get the law involved. Should I phone the hospitals? What would I say? How many hospitals would I have to call? In the end, I just sat there, missing her. She came back the next day, just walked in, didn't speak, didn't say a word. She just walked back in, made a cup of tea and sat there like she'd just popped out to the shops. She made dinner and we sat in silence over the kitchen table. It was only spaghetti bolognese but it was wonderful. Not just hot food but someone here to eat it with. But she still didn't say a word. She sat and watched telly after dinner, I washed up, sat with her afterwards on the shagged out sofa, just glad she was back and in one piece. She went to bed in a spare room and I slept in our bed. She kept up the silent treatment for another day or so, I didn't mind one bit, I was just glad she was back. I had a go at a bit of oovering, and she let me. I washed up after every meal, made her a cuppa from time to time. Then she let me have it. She sat me down in the living room and read me horoscope. You'll have got the gist of what she had to say by now. I just sat there and took it. I knew what I had to do, and I wasn't expected to add anything to the discussion. I never did ask her where she'd been, and she didn't offer to enlighten me. Still, there's some things you're better off not knowing. So here I am, a reformed character, you might say, or at least undergoing a complete attitude makeover. I'll get to those tyres tomorrow, and I'll give Tom a call. Better get down to B&Q too, she wants the all done in O'Donnell, wherever that is. Can you hear something? What's that noise? Ah, shit. It's in bin, men. You have been listening to Reality Check, a monologue written and performed by the writer David Pollard. This is an original production by Hand to Mouth Theatre. If you would like more information about this production, please go to fastfictionpodcast.com where we will also give you a link to Hand-to-Mouth Theatre. Alternatively, you can go to their Facebook page or their webpage at Hand-to-Mouth Sound Theatre. Thank you!